It's alive. How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Your stupid minds. Stupid. Stupid. Relax. It's all in bad taste. I just wanted to have a conversation. I just want to talk. About what? About bad movies. That's the entire point of what we're doing. I'm aware of that. That's the concept of the show. We're 11 episodes in, and if you don't... Actually, technically, we're more than 11 episodes. I keep telling people we're like 11 episodes in, but like I don't count the 0.5 episodes. All the spin-offs. 22, all the spin-offs. Despite them being like an hour long still. All the mockbusters are our own show. This is the Rad Taste Buds. We're a spin-off company that makes podcasts of our podcast, but just slightly, ever so slightly different. So we own the original and the parody in that one. Why not? Hey, did Ryan, did you, I got a fact for you. Oh, fucking what? Did you know that the word mockbuster, okay, that mockbuster, right, what do you think when you hear that word? <laughs> Jesus, what, mockbuster? Yeah, what do you Mock think? Mock and blockbuster? Right, okay, well, you just stepped on my toes a little bit. It's- you asked, you asked <laughs> the question. <laughs> What were, you expecting, expecting, no, what were you expecting? I was expecting you to play a little bit dumb. I don't know what a mock mock buster buster is. is a portmanteau of the words mock and bust. But no, mock you and You can't block, even do a correct self. Mock and blockbuster. I already said it. Okay, so, so what, what happens is you, you take two words, you splice them together, and you have a new word. I think it's French. Hello, everyone, and welcome to... That was, like, really abrupt. I was just like, I'll just go straight into the intro, fuck it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Aftertaste, the Bad Taste Buds supplementary show where I force my fiancé to watch three unwatchable movies in a row and then talk to me about them for hours. That's pretty much what we'd be doing anyway. It's pretty much our life. Uh, yeah, so I'm just... Apparently, I'm just trying my very hardest to get you to dump me before the wedding. You're on the right track, don't worry. We're getting close. I am your host, as always, Liam. And today I am joined by the fantastic Ryan. Say hi. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Hannah and Jack managed to narrowly escape with their lives, but they they don't have to live with me. You do, so fuck you. (laughs) This is the first official Bad Taste Buds movie marathon. Three movies, 270 minutes. We could watch one Lord of the Rings extended cut in this time. But I think we're using our time sufficiently by watching probably the worst films we're ever going to cover on this podcast. Like, just as far as, like, entertainment value, yeah. Potentially. I think we've got some surprises in here. Um, but I don't know about you, but I'm not a massive fan of The Mockbuster. Nah, there's one that jumps out at me, but I'm sure you'll, I'm sure, but in fact, betting you're going to get around saying it at some point. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm well, well I'll see. <laughs> I'm just turning <laughs> to, to, turn to be weird. <laughs> I think my mockbuster might surprise us. <laughs> so the way it's working <laughs> is we both know one of the movies we're going to watch today. Snakes on a train. Snakes on a motherfucking train. Yeah. And then we each have a surprise for each other. Surprise. I've been, I've got absolutely bonkers with mine. Like you're not safe whatsoever. Oh, I've got a banger. I don't think it's, you say these are going to be our worst, but like I'm I personally, I'm, looking forward I'm really to it. excited. I'm not that. So yeah, we're doing snakes on a train. The plan was originally to do a bunch of asylum films, which we are going to get into kind of the history of asylum really soon. Um, but then we thought they were all kind of samey. They're all pretty much the same movie, different title. Um, so yeah, we were like, let's branch out a bit. Mockbusters aren't just exclusive to Asylum. Let's look a little bit further afield. I'm, I think you're going to like my film. I think you like mine. Okay. Mine requires subtitles. 
Ooh. Ooh. It's a foreign film, eh? It's a foreign film. Bit of culture. Bit of culture to the podcast. Uh, yeah, I fucking hate most mockbusters. Um, I think before we dive too far into what we like and dislike about the genre, uh, I'm going to tell... I mean, let, let Papa Liam tell you a story. Come sit on my lap and I'll read your story. I'm scared <laughs> I, of you. Uh, yeah, the, right. So the, a little bit of history on the mockbuster. Mockbuster, it's an affectionate title for movies, probably better described as cheap, boring, shitty knockoffs. Basically, made for the sole purpose of riding the hype train of those big budget Hollywood productions. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's... Get your name out, man. Hopefully someone will make a mistake and (laughs) capitalize. As we discussed on episode 11, oftentimes these knockoffs are egregiously tedious and just kind of dull. You can have, like, there is, like, the odd occasion. I mean, Mac and Me, for example, is still kind of my preferred movie of choice when it comes to would I rather watch this or E.T. I would I will probably always pick Mac and me. Well that's not a mock bus, so that's a no that is a version. No that (laughs) 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 What? Excuse me? What the fuck did you just say? Man's version. What the fuck? No, I was not prepared whatsoever to to hear that 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 word. That's also a yeah. A portmanteau. portmanteau. <laughs> 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 no, Mac and Me is probably the uh, pinnacle of the mockbuster. It's definitely the one that I'm going to go to as as find, kind of my favorite of the genre. The majority of not them, not my favorite, I, close, but not all right, my favorite. all right. The majority of them, I'm not a massive fan of. They usually release direct to video around about the same time that the blockbuster hits the cinema. Well, I mean, on Asylum, when they do their parody movies, they always have an original storyline. So while they are, I resent the word parody used in that sentence. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they say no Leslie Nielsen shit. You know, you're not going to see. Sashes. You're not going to see Marlon Wayans anywhere. Let's just call them what they are: ripoffs. Like, oh, rip-offs. That's the only way to really categorize i think um sorry what were you saying but at least it's not a i'm never going to watch any of them because they're cheap tacky and terrible but people do (laughs) this is what i want to find out they are original stories for the most part on asylum no they're fucking not are you serious it's a, it's the same. We're gonna watch one day called Snakes on a Train. You can't say it's an original story just by changing the setting. <laughs> However, unlike the mafia man being arrested and put on an airplane by Samuel Jackson, a lady does not want to marry someone, falls in love with the wrong person. Her family curses her with oh, so snaky right. okay. indigestion. Okay, <laughs> that's original. I don't even like Snakes on a Plane. I don't know what I'm getting myself into. I think Snakes on a Plane is a piece of shit. Well, you motherfucking wrong. Do you like snakes in a plane? I do like snakes in a plane. Wait, this There's is a little nostalgia there. Liam's hot take corner. Snakes in a plane is one of the most boring fucking movies you'll ever sit through. Like, I don't think anyone actually watched that movie past the trailer and was like, yeah, that's actually a good entertaining ride. Like, it's like Anaconda, but shit as fuck. <laughs> Sorry, not a fan. Right? Uh, I mean... I know a lot of people are. I've had a lot the of The Money Trail disagrees with you. Yeah, no, you know what? It didn't do that well. It didn't do that well. It was this big marketing hype. Snakes on a plane, it was not a financial success. Really? bring that into the conversation yet yeah, did not do very well we saw it this year um, with the release of Godzilla vs. Kong obviously the, the straight to DVD counterpart from Asylum Pictures are you ready for this Ryan Ape vs. Monster oh you cannot make oh, this shit up inventive See, so you say that, but they are actually, they're, they're inventive enough to always manage to get around most of the uh, the lawsuits, the copyright lawsuits that are thrown their way. Well, like everyone, right? Have they been successfully sued yet? So there's been a few filed. Um, I think specifically there was one in 2013 when Frozen came out against the studio phase four films. Uh, oh, they did one against Frozen? Well, no, no, no. So Disney did one against Phase 4 Films for releasing uh, a film called Frozen Land with a dubiously, uh, suspiciously similar fucking font 
and uh, DVD cover. And, I mean, a media cash grab. Uh, well, what they try to do is they try to get the, the straight to DVD out before the, the actual, um, or while the movie's in cinema. So it's like. Beforehand, for the most part. If they yeah. can, they'll usually come out a couple months beforehand, get that hype train up while it's being talked about. The adverts, trails are everywhere. I don't know how people think, oh, this is on DVD already. It's not even out in the cinemas. You know, Let's purchase. A, you know, for a hot fact that your grandma, if she was. Uh, it's happened. Uh, <laughs> it's fully happened. I've, I've had the fake up both for me. I don't, I don't. Do you remember what it was? Or is this, is this a long distance long lost memory? Long distance. Like the dinosaur one, I also had that was a knockoff. I remember renting one from Blockbuster when I was young. And again, Blockbuster for our young listeners was a Netflix before Netflix. Um, but importantly, did they win any money on that suit? fully didn't even tell you what movie I rented from Blockbuster. You just entirely cut my story off. <laughs> um, I, I, re- <laughs> I remember really wanting to see Anaconda and I ended up accidentally, well, not accidentally, but I was like, this looks close enough renting a film called King Cobra. Mm. Just think has Mr. Miyagi in from what I remember. Interesting choice. But yeah, anyway, what were you saying about Mockbusters and... Uh, the thing we were actually talking about. Well, yeah. Did they actually win anything in that series? Because no, in 2013, didn't. Warners also took them in as the New Line Cinemas for the Hobbit knockoff. Well, yeah, we talked about this briefly on the main episode. Oh, we, we? did, um, yeah. So they changed the Lord of the Elves from Age of the Hobbits. Yeah, but I don't know if there was money, any money exchanged. No, they didn't win. They didn't... They've gone away with it every single time. Because I don't know whether it's worth it or not. Like, Well, no, the companies are trying. 2008, Century Fox did it. In 2012, Universal Pictures tried it. And they just got around it with the Universal one. They called it American Battleship. And they claimed like, it infringed on their film Battleship. So they just changed the name oh, yes, to American Warship. That's how they got around battleship. it. And like they were saying, yeah, it is... She was in that movie. <laughs> it's not a direct copy of the story plot the plot changes enough narratively to get away with it even though the premise is the same so it's fine they're saying like everyone does it we're just not as good at being subtle about yeah, this they're, they're just a bit more brazen that's a direct it. core pretty much I, a bit of a paraphrase i don't hate it so let's yeah let's talk a little bit about the, one of my all-time favorite um thai colloquialisms i say thai but it's actually like thai english colloquialisms is the term i don't know if you'll have heard of this is the term same same but different uh, it's like you spend any amount of time and anyone who's ever spent any amount of time in thailand will know exactly what i'm talking you about me. i don't know if we have a saying that correlates to it but it's, it's just a really commonly used phrase over there to use like to describe things that might be a bit foreign to tourists and say oh it's like this thing it's like this english thing that you'll know but it's it's same same but it's different and this is like the uh i always feel like the the mockbuster like the, the movie equivalent of the same same but different kind of colloquialism that, that's like one of those like if you squint hard enough if you smoke just the right amount of weed you might be able to convince your elderly nan that this is a real movie <laughs> Is kind of the, the, the concepts. It's like if the main characters from the original met the characters from the Mockbusters, they would experience the Uncanny Valley effect. They would. It would be like that, like an alternate timeline. Like this could have been the darkest timeline kind of moment. <laughs> as far as like best Mockbusters go though, like, because there are some that I don't hate. I, I, you were talking before about your favorite, quote unquote, favorite Mockbuster. And I don't know whether we have the same one. Oh, mine's Birdemic. Yeah. Easy. I, I enjoyed the fuck out of Birdemic. Like it's a bit of a headache and it's a bit nauseating. A bit of a headache. <laughs> the birds just screech incessantly at a very loud decibel level. Yeah, Birdemic was kind of a bit of a sleeper hit when it came out. Um, and again, obviously a direct ripoff of the birds. Uh, only with solar panels and a 
energy conscious <sighs> message. It's so preachy. It's so preachy. Uh, but Birdemic for me is like a solid seven out of 10 on the best worst scale. It's never going to be like top tier for me, but it's good. And it's, it's, it's very distinctly mockbuster. It's got that crazy low budget. It's got that oh, bare bones plot. Birds are made on Microsoft Paint. It's, Excellent. I I kind of and I'm I'm excited. We are going to cover Birdemic on the podcast one day. Um, but yeah, it's it's just the majority of them for me anyway, and the majority of the ones kind of coming from picture houses like the Asylum just don't hit the mark for me. Let's do a little bit of history on Mockbusters before we get too much into um into the Asylum. I mean, Mockbusters uh, have a long and storied history in Hollywood, uh, kind of dating all the way back to like the late fifties. Oh, so around that time's got all the creature features. They yeah, were a so big thing. A then. lot of like the the Hammer Horror and stuff like that. There you would see like the 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 Universal monsters for example uh, you'd have studios directly ripping off things that were i mean they, these these creatures a lot of them are in the public domain so it's, it's very easy to rip them off so you can have like you can have a, a numerous amounts of rip-offs of dracula you can have numerous amounts of rip, rip-offs of frankenstein oh my god yes lord creature of the black lagoon yeah, invisible man there's, a, there's actually a movie a spanish movie the monster of pedras blancas uh, that's a clear <laughs> oh clear. I'm, probably, I'm probably butchering that name to start with but almost it's a, certainly it's a clear derivative of creature from the black lagoon we, to the down to the point where they now even have the same visual effects departments working on the film <laughs> um, that's commitments yeah you get, look, look at like attack of the 50 foot woman was then responsible for the village of the giants land that time forgot spawned legend of the dinosaurs the mockbuster isn't a new phenomenon by any stretch it's just been a very easy one to ignore up to a point and then everything changed when the asylum attacked <laughs> I, I don't like them as a matter of principle the only thing they do is exploit people who are too dumb to understand what they're doing an asylum despite their claims of, like, innocence, are one of the biggest proponents of this. Now, they got started in 1997 Mm. with shitty uh, horror releases that weren't gaining any traction whatsoever. They they were in a Mockbuster studio for a while, right? For, like, the the first 10 years of their their kind of their longevity, they weren't even interested in doing mockbusters at all. It was low-budget, low-rent horror films that no one has ever heard of yeah, when was seen. When was the first one, like 2010s at some point? No, no, so it was a little bit earlier than that. It was, I think it was like 2005 when they released, to coincide with the Spielberg uh, hit, uh, War of the Worlds. Was the, oh, they, they basically released their own course. version. Because again, public domain, you can do what you want. It's HG Wells. At that, at that point, that's just free game, uh, adaptation-wise. They released before the Spielberg War of the Worlds came into cinemas, their own version, and it actually did phenomenally. That was kind of the be- the beginning of the end as far as uh, Yeah, that was quality. it. They, they it, got that in, they got the money in, and they literally said to themselves, let's reassess our business model because something we're doing is now woo, working. Yeah, that's selling out for you. <laughs> it's worked for them. I don't appreciate it because it's only the vulnerable who get tricked, but it is fucking working. you wouldn't do the exact same thing if you had the power? Or, or the, the brains, or the, the idea. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The Asylum have zero fucking shame. And I, there is like a love-hate relationship there with me because at one part, I do hate the fact that they're exploiting all little old ladies into buying their grandkids shitty knockoffs of Disney films. Um, but at the same time, if that's the way you got to make money, then you know, more power to you. Yeah, man. Fucking, you can't... Don't hate the player, hate the game. I think it's like... Is that a, the saying? That 
might as well. It's a saying. It's your saying it's, it's, now. It's, it is now. But they usually make the money back within three months, I think it is. Because their budgets are nothing. Their budgets are like a pack of chewing gum. Here's some gaffer tape. There's some cardboard. Make yourself a dress. You expect on set in 10 minutes. On the one hand, fair play. They have a genius fucking business model. Uh, and for those of you who are not in the know, Asylum, yeah, it's, it's an, as Ryan was saying, it's an American independent film company founded in 90, Was it 97, you were saying? 97. Yeah, by this guy, David Michael Late. Or Lat, sorry. Under the guise of releasing straight-to-DVD videos uh, to capitalize on the success of Hollywood. It's pretty much as simple as it gets. Yeah, some of the movies, some of the movie titles alone under the banner of Asylum are just so fucking absurd and just like zero minimum effort. C minus, you tried, maybe. Yeah, they had zero effort put into these, but they have an absolute fuckton in their catalog. I, I adore some of them. Let's just read out some of them. So we've got Titanic 2, which, genius. Uh, Snakes on Train, which you'll be watching very shortly. Pirates of Treasure Island. Like, you just blended two things there. And... <laughs> just hope for the best. Yeah. AVH, Alien versus Hunter. Uh, mm. have, you got any, have, you got any, have you got any faves over there? Well, they made Almighty Thor instead of Thor. Yeah. Well, that you've got to get that Marvel money. Nice. Good one. Transmorphers. Transmorphers actually looks kind of kind of interesting. Like, there's part of me that wants to watch Transformers. Well, it can't be any worse than Transformers. You, you leave Michael Bay's name out your mouth. <laughs> Well, like, yeah, if they can't make, like, a direct copy of it, they've just went, hmm, let's just slap a number two on the end. Like, Titanic, Titanic War, War of the Worlds they did it with. It was War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds 2, was it? War of the Worlds 2, yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, electric Boogaloo, but the absolutely like, 30,000 leagues under right. the sea. No, this let's is my, add an extra 10,000 leagues This is on. my favourite of all of the titles because it is just literally like, oh, what was the what was the original called? 20,000 leagues under the sea? Uh, well, we're going to go deeper than that. Fuck you. With James Cameron. So this is pretty much their entire catalogue. The, the originals aren't any more original in title. So you've got like Mega Shark, uh, okay. Two-Headed Shark Attack, Three-Headed Shark Attack, Five-Headed Shark Attack. And I might be wrong, but is uh, is Asylum the uh, Sharktopus guys? Oh. They uh, do Sharktopus, I think. And I like the idea of Sharktopus. It's a shark octopus. I feel like I've said the word sharktopus far too many times for it to the be a real most word. Deadly of like all animals. Well, you can't. Thing is, you can't talk about asylum. You can't talk about asylum without discussing their flagship franchise. And I kind of hesitate to do so because I fucking hate them. Uh, but we're going to have to talk about Sharknado at some point. And I think now is the time to talk about Sharknado. We're not watching it because fuck that movie. I have a personal vendetta against Sharknado. And I don't know how you feel about Sharknado. I've never seen it. I don't want to see it. I don't intend to see it. Don't even say that you're going to show I think me. Like, I don't think I could. I don't think I could physically watch Sharknado again because Sharknado annoys the fuck out of me. I've only seen the first one, but Sharknado was that... Let's capitalize on best worst cinema. Let's be those douchebags who make fun of kind of genuine artists and genuine people who like fair enough. Most best worst films aren't great. We, that's the whole premise of the show, whatever. But these people are just capitalizing on like falsities and like making their own best worst movies without putting any of the effort. You can't make a best worst movie. You, it's not, it's not a possibility to manufacture a best worst movie. You have yeah, to going to keep trying. You, <laughs> it was a commercial success. So they did actually do they it. Five of them, Ryan. There are five <sighs> Sharknado films. It's not good. They absolutely should stop doing it. Well, you that. haven't seen it and you already know it's not good. So that's proof enough that it's not good. 
Ryan doesn't need but to then, see it. To know if what's I were to show someone a genuine best worst movie who liked Sharknado, and there's a good chance they'd just be like, what the hell am I watching? It's like, you understand Sharknado, that's literally so on the nose, you might as well have punched the shark in it. <laughs> well, you know that's what you're meant to do, I think. You're meant to either poke them in the eyes or... Go for the eyes, don't go for the nose. I you ever try to punch to- something underwater? <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. I thought you meant to bop them on the nose, not even punch them, just to give them a little slap. No, that's not go for really, the eyes, go for the gills. Slippy slap. I don't want to spend too long on Sharknado because Sharknado, for my money, there's nothing, there's no real value to Sharknado. It's not entertaining and well made enough to classify as a real movie, but it's not earnest or honest enough to classify as best worst. So it just kind of sits in this middle ground of why did you make this? There are so many good bad movies that you could actually enjoy. At least to give Tara Reid a movie. Tara Reid doesn't need any more movies. Tara Reid was done in 1999. Like, yeah, Tara, but the money must have dried no, up by now. Nobody wanted to see Tara Reid past American Pie, let's be fucking honest. And what is it, it's like, if it has this like weird Uwe Ball vibe to it. I don't know whether it's just... Yeah, the fuck is Uwe Balls. Right, first of all, not Uwe Balls. Like, that's like a completely different guy. You don't know who Uwe Ball is. I feel like now you're showing your, uh, your, your my uncultured, your uncultured swine. swine. Uwe Ball is like the German Michael Bay, but way worse, and is an actual nightmare. Oh right, yeah, because like, that's somebody I would actively no, no, seek no, no. out so, information right, okay, on. So Uwe Ball did the House of the Dead, the oh, he did Alone in the Dark. He's done a lot of movies that we are going to cover eventually on this podcast. Oh, the movies, not the games. No, <laughs> I was no, like, yeah. oh, he made the games. He made Fuck, the that's games. cool. But he made a lot of video game adaptations. He made like there's a movie called Post that he made which I know is based off a video game series about um, a guy who just literally goes post you know that saying going postal going postal and he just fucking murders everyone and that's the whole plot of the movie but so it, is he like pretty much entirely the reason why every fucking video game adapted movie is fucking no awful? no no, no, no. So it's not just it's not we, we can't entirely just blame Uwe Ball for that Jesus Christ he's like the he's the guy <laughs> he's that guy he's the guy who clearly knows what he likes and it's very teenage boy. Can't write a plot. Yeah, can't do yeah. a narrative. Well, it's like just tits and tits and boobs and blood. Like that's his entire premise for every movie he ever makes. And that's fine if you're a 13 year old boy and you have the attention span of a 13 year old boy. Boy, yeah. Uh, but Uwe Ball's like, he, as a human being, he's a bit of a nightmare. Like he asks like film critics to fight him in the ring because he's like this super crazy skitzed out fucking film director who uh, will defend <laughs> it'll be your invitation next <laughs> go a couple rounds thing is like I don't know if I can ever confidently say I've sat fully through a new Ball film we are gonna have to for this pod I've never sat through House of the Dead fully I've never sat through Alone in the Dark I've never sat through any of like he did Blood Rain I've never um, even attempted these they're, they're gonna be the more challenging films I think we're gonna cover on this pod but he he <laughs> Yeah. Expanding uh, my horizons. Expanding thine horizons. Um, yeah, Sharknado has that feel to me, that kind of just short attention span cinema. There's nothing really There's nothing really of value there. Um, but obviously people liked it, and it spawned five sequels, so what the fuck do I know, I guess? <laughs> um, it's not just Asylum, though, as well. There are other kind of more prominent, uh, maybe not as prominent as Asylum, but there are very some very prominent movie studios. One of the studios that does uh, animated mockbusters specifically is this studio called Good Time Entertainment. Oh, fuck, right. So, you, on, the, on the whole, <laughs> they are terrible. They are classic for giving a terrible experience and a bad, bad time. However, Rudolph the motherfucking red-nosed reindeer. So, I got the list of films up and Ryan freaked out when I got the... There was a 
1998 film. It's so good. I have no idea what this movie is, and I don't know if anyone else will know what this movie is, because it just looks... Mate, you just have a look at that cast Whoopi list. Goldberg's Whoopi motherfucking it. Goldberg plays the Snow Queen, and she is fucking fire. John Goodman as Santa Claus. Right. Debbie Reynolds as Mrs. Claus. This movie is fucking great. It is the standard rule of the Red Knees. Red Knees? Red Knees. The Red Knees Reindeer. The Red Knees Reindeer, lad. <laughs> it's your typical Rudolph movie. It's the mock him, he flies the sleigh, etc, etc. But fuck me, the cast is great. The story's fucking great. How is it's it? so exciting. How is it 83 minutes long? Oh, we need to watch it together. I, can't believe there's a I whole, don't think we do. The, the, the elves <laughs> do a little musical number and they start caroling. You've not sold it to me so far. Uh, yeah, they do a lot of like, well, they, they kind of stopped. Their last movie was 2003, so they must just be, went under at some point. But they did a lot of like Disney knockoffs. They've done like an Alice in Wonderland knockoff. Oh, I've seen like uh, the Mount of Monte Cristo. <laughs> yep. The Mount of Monte Cristo. <laughs> That's the one that was trash. No wonder the tanks. Why How have you seen these? I don't know, my family's cheap, apparently. Well, apparently. I live below the poverty line, Liam. Apparently Can't so. middle class. Sorry. Your real <laughs> movies. Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of big in the industry. Well, they were. Bye. Sorry. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Uh, similarly, video Bryn Quindijo. <laughs> I know, Say that four more times. <laughs> I, uh, apologies to any of our uh, Hispanic listeners, uh, all three of you. I've fully butchered that name. Uh, Bryn Quindy? And yeah, he's going to try it again. They're a Brazilian uh, animated, animated studio that, again, they uh, they got into some hot water for their direct-to-video kind of rip-offs of DreamWorks and Pixar movies. Some of the films under the uh, the moniker of video Bryn Quindejo. Again, I hope I'm doing that right. <laughs> you definitely uh, not. <laughs> Little and Big Monsters is a rip-off of DreamWorks Monsters vs. Aliens. That was barely a movie in itself. Yeah, I, I don't remember that movie whatsoever. Uh, Little Cars is a ripoff of Pixar's Cars series. I believe oh, there's, I believe there's a multiples in the Little Cars. Series. <laughs> um, well done. Well, let's do it. Right, right. The next, I'm going to read the next few. Out. You've got to guess what their uh, rip off of. So, guess what's Tiny Robot? Robots. No, it's not actually. Oh, You're it's not. Wrong, idiot. What is it? Wally. Oh fuck! Mine's better. I thought. Yeah, I thought they had a running theme here of just putting the word "little" or "small" in front of an otherwise point. existing movie. But also, who remembers robots? I remember name, clearly me. Name three people who remembers robots. I don't love it, but I remember it. It was big at the time. Okay, you're gonna have to guess the next two as well. Ratatoying. Oh, I don't know. It's just something to do with my sleep. Actually, I'm not going to get cocky again. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a Ratatouille. It is Ratatouille. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad. Uh, last one. What's up, Balloon to the Rescue? Are you joking? I like the uh, subtitle on that. Like, it couldn't just leave it at What's Up. It had to be like, colon, Balloon to the Rescue. Balloon to. Well, I guess if you say What's Up, you're going to think some teen 90s drama, aren't you? What's up? What's up? What is. You haven't answered the question. I'm guessing it's up. It is indeed Pixar's up. Of course, so again, that's the one I got. It, it, that's it, what Granny <laughs> got me. That bitch. That bitch. That dirty hole. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, there's just something so so ridiculously shameless about all of these companies, and yet. You're all good on them. They're doing better than me. What am I doing? Yeah, like man. A podcast? I mean, we live in a capitalist world, so yeah. let's You may as well ride that in. capitalist wave all the way to the bank, my friend. They have this, like, just change one word in the title rule. Like, not different enough to where we won't fool the elderly. And like Hannah, these are all quick 
cheesy <laughs> wow. and disappointing at the end of the night. Not even here to defend herself. Are you fucking serious? To be fair, she won't listen to this. She's not on this episode. She won't give a shit. Hannah? Yes, Liam. Hannah, are you there? <laughs> I, that's what I think Hannah sounds like. Just like Zelda Rubenstein from fucking Poltergeist. Like, oh my god. <laughs> Hannah, don't go don't into go the into clinic. The, <laughs> the clinic? <laughs> fucking hell. Just as a bit of a reference as to how cheaply these things are churned out, uh, the original DreamWorks Puss in Boots was made. It took about four years to make and about a $130 million budget. Damn, that's a lot of dollar for that's a Met movie. a lot of dollar. For, yeah, I like Puss in Boots. I've never fine. watched it twice, but I liked it. Um, Video Brinquenhido, or whatever the fuck it name is. Video Brinquedo. That's the one. It's, such, it's not even a hard word. It's two, two syllables. Brinquedo. Brinquedo. Video Brinquedo, I've got it now. Uh, they made the exact same movie, the exact, exact same name, because again, public domain, you can. Six months, less than a million dollars. And they made a fuck ton of it. Like that it's it's such a it's such an easy business model that I don't feel like it does make you appreciate mainstream Hollywood a little bit more, knowing that at least they are trying to put out entertaining movies. It's that guy on the street trying to hand you his fucking mixtape, like, please leave me yeah, alone. Kids, I don't want to buy a tape. <laughs> wanna buy a pussy boots? <laughs> No, thank you. Please leave me alone. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to get this shit show on the way. I'm always fucking ready to watch a shitty movie, regardless of its quality or earnestness or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> whatever you... Those are not the words I would have chosen. I know, because the, the bad movies you watch are really earnest. The All the ones we watch, yeah. not these movies. No, that's why I said, like, despite its lack of earnestness, should I say. Yes, despite that. We'll have a great time. It's me, you, and a dog. What's not to fucking love? Me, you, and a dog coming to ABC this summer <laughs> uh, um, yeah still two and a half men we're gonna start with yeah well what's not let's be fucking honest big bang theory is not better than two and a half men that's dangerous territory for this friends <laughs> is not better than two and a half men. are you trying to get us cancelled uh how i met your mother is not better than two and a half men not necessarily worse just all the same pile of garbage all the same show um yeah so <laughs> let's get on with our first movie of the night the sensational slithery serpentine the sensational shit slithery show. serpentine shit show that is snakes on a train oh it looks i've seen trailers i've seen reviews i've seen everything but the movie this is my last hurdle on this and i am fucking excited it looks so fucking bad and personally i'm excited to see if she gets over this curse and um, we're going to save uh, film two and three for the second half of the pod. So you'll find out what we're watching very shortly. We'll see you soon, guys. If you're watching with us, good fucking luck. <laughs> Go, let's fucking do this shit. It's late and I'm tired and I hate this movie. Oh, um, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The Crows of I right, so hold on. Me and me and Ryan have just returned from watching The Crows of Eyes 3, The Croning. <laughs> like, just, I don't know if it's a Shits Creek joke for anyone who's uh, of the uh, sh- the Rose persuasion. It's okay, I speak a little bit of their language. Thank you, Moira. Thank you, Moira Rose over there. Um, no, honestly, what the fuck did we just witness? It was maybe the most boring thing I've ever seen uh, on for, celluloid. For a film that had so many snakes and a train, so few, there was so few snake snakes. shots. There was just so... Oh. I would say... Uh, right. So watching okay. this... I need a few from, times to process. I need like a few minutes to process where my mind's at because it's just not anymore. I'm glad I started reading the synopsis before I watched it. I didn't to, finish the synopsis. Do you want to give us a synopsis for the people out there who care about snakes on a train? It's so hard to follow, but basically... 
fiancé and fiancée have had to run away together because the family disapproves of their relationship. The lady is cursed with snaky indigestion. Literally. She keeps burping up snakes every five minutes. Her boyfriend is a shaman in training and is collecting the snakes in a jar because the part of her essence to trying to skip a train to Los Angeles where his uncle, the full shaman, can put the snakes back in the body in the correct this- order. It goes tits up. In the end, all the snakes kill very few people. Gun do more killings than snakes do killings. There's this whole like subplot of um, there's like a drug deal going on, like a border drug deal. There's a very few. There's a few political moments in Snakes on a Train that I wanted to brush up on, and like immigration is one of them. Gun control, I think. I think this movie's trying to say a lot. Is for, it for all of the issues still is pertaining it? to to America at the moment? Are they doing that, or <laughs> are they just picking up what the easiest stereotypes are? But like there was a character there, and he was just like. Cholo and he's just every other he said two words and all six of them were essay and cholo it was egregiously bad um, yeah, I spent the majority of the runtime the 90 minutes and I can't stress how much that doesn't feel like 90 minutes I that was only 90, 90 minutes. minutes. Spent most of the time making a list of other ways I could have spent the, the 90 minutes instead. So I, I right, so I already got <laughs> three because my attention span is, is zero at the minute. I could have cleaned my, this entire room pretty, pretty thoroughly. I could have probably done a workout. I could have watched five TED Talks in the space of time that it took me to watch Snakes on a Train. The second two you definitely could have done. The first one, however, I think you need longer than 90 minutes. I'm not a good, I'm not a very, yeah... Okay, so this was directed by the brothers Mervis, which not sure what kind of grandiosity they're going for with that <laughs> name. Uh, two people directed this movie too, and most movies only get one, and yet have some semblance. Of- you'd think you'd think they would like block each other and be like, "Hmm, I know you just said that, and you think it's a great idea, but is it though? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe they couldn't say no to each other, and it just maybe. became this spiral of bad decisions. Oh, maybe." But even down to the equipment was terrible. The microphones, yeah, everyone was at different noise levels and pitches. That I'm not, I can't talk. <laughs> I can't judge. First, they were like muffly, and then not muffly, and then the the soundtrack was louder than the actual voices. It was some student film AV going on there. Like there was full scenes where you just couldn't understand a word that any of the characters were saying because the the, the the soundtrack was cranked up so high and the dialogue was cranked down so low that it was just like, I don't know what these characters are saying. I'm not entirely sure. And they made some weird choices dialogue-wise. Two main characters speak Spanish and then they speak fluent English as well. But they'll be talking to characters they know only speak English and decide to speak in Spanish. But then speak to each other when they're alone in English. However, I do love the fact that we were watching this on YouTube. Because if you really, really want to find Snakes in a Train, you can just go as far as YouTube and you can find the whole fucking movie. I don't know why you would. There's no subtitles, though. So no, if you don't it, speak like, you Spanish, you'll have to, to make up a few like, uh, lines. You forced us to watch the first 10 minutes of this film twice because you were desperate to find the fucking subtitles. And I was just watching, like, it's I not, was just curious. The whole I, movie's not going to be in Spanish, Ryan. You're cool. I still had to make up a good, like, 40 lines of script for and myself. For, for, you probably made up a better film doing that than the filmmakers who made this film. So you know what? I saved you from having to read the actual dialogue. The effects were bad. The acting was bad. The majority of the first 10 minutes is just people, random people vomiting snakes. So that's just kind of your litmus test of whether or not like, and and again, the sludge from Troll 2 comes out of the mouth and a few like wormy looking snakes, the snakes grow an exponential rate if they escape the jars. (laughs) But it's just the fiance for most of the movie, putting snakes in jars after whispering to them. That's it. The snakes get a couple of people. You see 
a couple of scenes where it goes into people's veins. I was like, at the beginning, like the first 20 minutes or so, I was so confused that I almost felt like the film wasn't ever going to let me get bored because I was kind of engrossed. I was like, this makes no sense and nothing that's happening on screen. It makes any logical sense with what my eyeballs know of how human beings work or like things, I don't know, scenes interact or oh. like conversations go. And I was just like, I was so confused that I was like, right, I'm entertained. I'm, I'm curious. And then it's like once they just forget about the snakes existing and they just go to, right, this is people shooting each other now, drug deals, woo, subplots, no need. There's a full scene in the middle that I guess you could classify as a, a sex scene, maybe? I don't I don't know if sex scenes nah, like, it was soft, it was booby. Just booby. There were some odd choices made, even narratively wise. I understand she's cursed. They're trying to get to LA to solve the curse. However, when they get on this train across the border, a random white childhood friend happens to be on the train in the stowaway cart along with them. It's a total coincidence that he's there and it's so strange. Leaps in logic like that, that I think are just so consistent with these types of films. Like There was clearly a rush to get this script done. It was one of those things that was probably passed over once in the editing room and was like right is there any continuity errors who cares rushed into rush it in we don't give a shit. about an hour in and there was still very little snake attacks even we paused it we were like right what time are we on has anything happened very little had happened in that time period it got to the end the last five minutes is basically the fiance lady turned into a giant Alma. snake Alma and eating the train and it, that scene is just people running to the front of the train to jump out of the doors and then her childhood friends like magic powers shittiest CGI tornado and then the snake being sucked into the tornado and then he wanders off it's like I'm going to LA like that moment was earned like it meant anything it meant nothing this film meant nothing this is why we hate mockbusters so you're saying all this as if it was a negative but that five last minutes to me was the film it's barely five minutes though (laughs) it's It's not even five minutes like a minute but the, I mean, that that has the level of self-awareness and that has the level of like campness that I always appreciate from these films. But the rest, honestly, don't bother. Like this is if this is one of those recommendation things, I would say 100% do not bother with even considering watching this film. There's nothing, there's, there's zero entertainment value up until that last two minutes. And you're right, I was being really generous with five. It's more like two minutes. It's, it's and it, even that is like bare bones, not even that entertaining. Yeah, right. man, do yourself a favor and just go watch Good Times Rudolph movie. Good Times Rudolph. It's The Rudolph movie is much better than Snakes on the Tree. I feel like this has endeared me a little bit more to snakes on a plane because that again as we talked about on the uh, kind of before we started watching that's not one of my I do not appreciate that film but at whatsoever. least it's competent and stylized at least it has a point I at guess. least it has normal and working microphones this one this one is a firm no from me this is going to be a 1 out of 10 stay away oh stay away <laughs> stay away no, this is absolute poison. Avoid it at all costs. Avoid. Do not watch Snakes on a Train, please. Next. So what are we doing next, Ryan? What's the, what's so the plan I, for part I two? picked out mine specially for you. I actually put a lot of thought into this. It's probably not going to be good. I knew it's two and a half hours married. long. However. Two and a half fucking hours. Wait. No, no, no. no. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm rejecting it now. <laughs> I am. I didn't realize when I picked it, but like, it. I fully put thought into this. So it is the Bollywood version of Freddy Krueger called Mahakar. And it looks. <laughs> fucking speaks. It looks exactly what you would expect it to look like. I need a minute. 
I need a full minute to calm myself because this sounds like you gonna need more than a minute. It, may, it feels like this might be my new favorite film, and I don't even know anything about it. It's got everything you want. It's horror. It's so, so Bollywood. When you say, when you say it's the it's the in, it's the Bollywood Freddy Krueger, so it's literally Nightmare on Elm Street, right? It's what's what's the crack? Do we do we know? Mate, it's Bollywood. I don't think you can compare I've it never to seen anything. A Bollywood film, never, never. Oh no, they are excellent. I watched the great one where a man dies and resurrects as a fly, and the guy that's creeping on his girl is like getting the shit tore up by this fly and ends in this fuck off massive fight scene where this guy's just shooting up his apartment trying to fuck this fly over so it's a, it's a remake of Jeff Goldblum's The Fly <laughs> the, the sequel Bo- the Bollywood entirely the Bollywood do part two back alley knockoff well I'm pretty excited to watch what was it Ma- Ma- Mahakal Mahakal yeah two and a half hours Ryan Two and a half you hours. realize what you're doing to me made in 1994 but I'm kind of expecting the camera quality of a 1940s movie I mean, there's some really... And not even a good 1940s, 1940s movie. movie, yeah. There's some really pretty, well-made 1940s movies. But yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm all about Bollywood Freddy Krueger. So you, you you had me at Bollywood Freddy Krueger. Right. So See, cool. uh, you are welcome. I've had I'm, so much thought on this. I knew exactly what you would like. A lot more thought than snakes in a train put into anything. So yeah, yeah. thank you for Pressure's that. Pressure's on for you now. Appreciate with a good one. I know, now I'm worried. I feel like we should have done mine first. <laughs> not as exciting as Bollywood Freddy Krueger. Lovely guys. If you can find a copy of Mahahal. No. Mahahal, it's on YouTube, 1994. Perfect. Get cracking. Meet us back here. If you're a fucking moron. Learn the lyrics if you can. Sing along as we go. Oh, Learn we some dance a, moves. We should do a sing-along episode. A full dance routine. Get the exercise in. You can get that workout done that you miss watching snakes on the train. Ah, oh, that's a good point, yeah. Okay. Right, we'll be back very shortly with our review. See you after the sweat, guys. Bye. And what kind of all singing, all dancing, fresh Freudian nightmare was that? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, that Makahal, you gotta watch out for that one, Ryan. Oh yeah, get you in your dreams. You he's trouble. He's yeah, he's, he's trouble. <laughs> he's a trouble. I'll be entirely honest. I was probably equal parts hypnotized uh, by this film as I was just crying into my pillow, hoping it would stop. I absolutely had to take a Ritalin just to sit through two that and a half hours of movie of like not even just like I know I picked it and I still <laughs> think I'm going to win because it was something, but not I, the something I wanted. I, I really, picked it for you, really, so I, I guess really enjoyed it. For me, yeah, I guess I, I did do a good job in that regard, but for me, it was nightmare. And what a good one to pick for me as far as like my first Bollywood film as well. Like you can consider this virginity sufficiently pop. Oh, well and truly. I this was the like deep end straight in kind of deal right here you kind of I think that's with any Bollywood film I don't think you can sit down and watch a Bollywood for beginners I guess Slumdog Millionaire is probably a Bollywood for beginners right that's probably the closest to Bollywood for beginners you're going to get yeah it's like one of the Wagamamas though and then expecting like <laughs> authentic food do you hear that Danny Boyle you, you are subpar fuck you um, right yeah so Magahal let's do a quick roundup of as to what the fuck this film's about I'll let you plot wise it's a shot for shot remake of the first film with Bollywood musical numbers spliced in, like, and when it's not absolutely genius for just being a blatant ripoff, it's nauseating. Like when the film cuts from scene to scene, like the way they cut each scene was like whiplash defined. Mm. Like we might be enjoying <laughs> that scene's over now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was like, oh, we've been enjoying a nice serene moment by the lake, and then within milliseconds, we're watching fucking our protagonist being sexually assaulted in the most viciously horrendous way possible. And well, that's just every scene. Well, this <laughs> one thing I can't really appreciate from this, and I know this was. 94 but i feel like this has aged t- 
terribly. Like, yeah, it's like almost like borderline insensitive and mean spirited how it portrays like I don't know women, for example, <laughs> in films where there are three sexual assault scenes like pretty close within each other. I mean, well, even just like just sat in the classroom and the camera just pans in on her breasts and yeah, zooms very, right on very them. uncomfortable. And like this feels less than nineties. This feels like early seventies kind of misogyny differences between this and elm street are basically mahakal isn't a he doesn't diddle the kids he, he just sacrifices well, them for i mean power no, og freddy didn't diddle the kids let's get this right out there og oh, freddy yeah, OG was, was, he was he was a child killer he was just a monster you leave he, he was just <laughs> he only killed them right he didn't diddle them like <laughs> he's not true he's not, evil he's not true evil he's that's like there's like a saying a ring of hell like dante's inferno there's a section of hell for kid diddlers and kid murderers and it's slightly above but then Mahal is a warlock basically sacrifices him for power yeah it's very misogynistic very misogynistic and that's pretty much the only difference isn't it yeah apart from the budget down to down to like characterization in the actors that they chose to cast in each role like you we literally have like oh this is bollywood johnny Depp. oh and this is bollywood heather landon camp like it's just exactly the exact same fucking movie oh fuck fuck the thing i did forget something a major difference is canteen and his two brothers right so yeah there are so there are some (laughs) elements that are new um, whether or not they're beneficial to the plot or interesting or Loud. just less than tolerable. Uh, so Canteen is basically the comic relief and he's obsessed with Michael Jackson and that's his entire personality. He's going to be an actor, he's been off the role in the movie and he, he's, he's, that, he's that guy in the movie where it's like you can peep on the girls but it's okay, he's harmless because no yeah. one would ever want to actually touch him he's in real life. He's the adorable creep. He was the adorable creep. He's the cute creep. They broke down the car and there was the other creep who was creeping all over the girls being an absolute creepy creep. There's like different levels of creepiness in this film. Just make like, he makes insane noises and faces. He's looking through the peephole and then he turns around and goes, I forgot about the peephole scene. I can't fully endorse this film because of that reason entirely. Like it's, I, I love it because it's a Bollywood version of A Nightmare on Elm Street what's not to love but also it's pretty the brilliant. misogyny is so ripe and so fucking uncomfortable throughout the entire thing i, sh- I don't know i don't know whether this is like i mean the director, a, i'm not sure oh, that same people scene the lady that's been spied on opens the door takes them both in by the ear and beats them and just and beats them the out. fuck out of them like that, that that i did appreciate a little bit like that fact that we get to watch her beat the fuck out of them and like just completely bloody them up but like the actual sexual assault scenes with anita they're all the guy that, like, I think the guy who's actually in love with her, this person who's creeping on her, may or may not be dating her, it's hard to fucking yeah, tell. tell. But she's saved by a man every time. And it's always this kick-ass, like... Do you remember the second time when she was combat. saved by Super Grandpa? And that was a plot line that just, the film just stops. The oh entire, my the entire, fuck, yeah. The entire horror story, the entire romance story, because there's a horror story going on, there's a love story going on, gets stopped for a, a, a superhero scene where Super Grandpa from the past comes well, look, back. She gets taken f- for sex trafficking. Like oh, Jesus Christ, how much is in this Her and a friend get captured and this whole gang's like got them being like, ha ha, you'll never escape your hours now. Ma, 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 ha, ha, ha. Maniacal laugh, maniacal laugh. And yeah, Super Grandpa it. just jumps in out of nowhere, fucking bells on his arms, this jingling robot. away, talking himself up. And he just whips out a chain out of nowhere, wraps it around his fist and goes all cum Everyone, everyone. It's a very disjointed movie, to say the least. 
Um, but again, I'm not sure whether that's just the style or not. I feel like what Bollywood is meant to interpret is similar, more akin to a musical, I feel like, with uh, obviously they can adapt whatever they want. And it, like, I feel like that's almost the reason for the two and a half hours, because I always feel like this could have done really well with an interval. Like, I feel like I could have had, like, I mean, we had to take a break <laughs> off with it because it was oh, too much. I was too, too much. Too but, much five minutes in. Sorry, ten minutes in. Oh, we checked the time. <laughs> ten minutes in, Liam turns to me and goes, oh, this has been great so far. I was like, it's been ten minutes. Liam's like, no, it hasn't. It can't have only it been was, ten minutes. It was twelve minutes to be fair, but it was still. It was, it was, a <laughs> it shock. was early. Um, so, so let's direct the Shyman Ramsey. This director, he's me. He, this guy works. This guy looks like he's a trade tradesman in the in the industry. He he's done like thirty two films since he started directing in seventy one. Um, and his last year, last film came out last year, so he's still up to date with directing in in Bollywood. So he must I be a big deal. Better than this one. Well, I mean, this is it. Like he made what thirty two films. His last film came out last year. I mean. What is what's Wes Craven done for us recently? Like I don't Liam, see he's dead. That's what Wes Craven did. He died. I guess that's a massive negative against his name. We Wes needed Craven more content, Wes. I forgot Wes Craven was dead. That's really upset me now. Yeah, man, love Wes. Oh, they're all what a director. They're all gonna go soon, and I'm sad about that. Speaking of other directors as well, there's actually this guy directed a Bollywood version of The Fog. Just like we'll throw, oh, we'll throw Carpenter's name into there. I, I shouldn't, but I kind of want to see it. Another thing, it's two and a half hours, so you probably don't want to see it. Probably don't. I wonder how the ending is on The Fog on that one. They all uh, they all dance their way out of the fog. They're <laughs> fine. Okay, but it's just like I had several out of body experiences watching this film. I don't know about you. Like it just it just hypnotizes you and somehow bores you to tears at the same time. Oh, I wouldn't say hypnotize. I mean, one of the, <laughs> one of the things, we're going to have to talk about the musical numbers because that's kind of the crux of Bollywood in general. And I think the musical numbers are actually genuinely quite energetic. They're energetic. I think they're magical. No. I feel like a kid at Disney no. World. Like, what's the true whimsy. Bollywood movie that has effort put into it? You can actually appreciate them no. and appreciate the songs. This, they were repetitive. No. It was literally two yeah. lines repeated no. over and over. I'm Every not, song. I'm not here for this. Like, I'm not here for your negativity. By the end of each song, I could sing them myself. Well, that's that, that's the key to a catchy song, right? That's just like that's just proof in the pudding that it's great, or really. an exceptionally repetitive song. It wasn't good. The choreography was a bit better. I think some they, of them. I think it was just pure joy. I think it captures that almost spirit of like those those um, those nineteen forties musicals where it's just nothing but camp and it's like it's, it's camp as Christmas, really. Uh, and I, I personally really appreciate that as a, as a avid musical fan. I can't. It's repetitive. It's low budget. Not a lot of thought went into the low lyrics. budget as if it's a negative. But we it was a negative. I couldn't tell who some of the characters were sometimes because the screen flare was so bad. All I could see was two eyes and part of a mouth. It's called atmosphere. Look it up. It wasn't. I, was, I asked myself several times, like, is this Anita still? Because she was getting sexually assaulted the scene before. Next scene, however, we're at a disco and people are singing and dancing. That was a little bit abrupt. Yeah, there was like this, this again kind of plays into why this film is. I mean, it is a train wreck. I'm not going to sit here and defend that it's not an absolute train wreck. There are scenes that go from intense sexual assault to disco, and it's just like it well, comes out of nowhere. It doesn't only tell is, you the characters, why the disco in, like why yeah, the other disco. Like, not only was this entirely tonally inconsistent, but it was also extremely intense. Well, yeah, but it, <laughs> it, it captures the spirit for me of the early Freddy films. Anyway, like it's it. it I mean, because even the first one is Campus Christmas. I think it's a better Freddy movie than, I mean, potentially five, six, and definitely the uh, the 2009 remake, which we don't, we don't speak of we on do this channel. Um, 
I mean, there, let's talk about like just the you're right, the low budgets. But I again, I think that's charming rather than uh, off putting. Like the, the first scene with Nancy, I'm going to call her Nancy because I know oh, it was Anita. Sorry, we'll call her Anita. Anita. That was the character's name, but I'm just thinking of Bollywood Nancy. That's because it's just the same fucking person. They were the same she's like character. in a pit and she's in the dream world. She's in a pit and she's trying to get out and she just keeps the prop department just keeps throwing fucking plastic skeletons on her oh, and she keeps slipping on these plastic skeletons and they it's like rubber rubber skeletons like it's two dollars I kind of wish we'd done this for a main episode if I'm being entirely honest because I have a lot to talk about on this but I'm realising yeah. <laughs> time is ticking yeah, we've got another one of these fucking movies to watch but I think like for rare you will ever hear me say this but the practical effects were pretty problematic I mean like two dollar skeletons to start with. They had a floor scene and it was very clear. They said they were right, the halls are here, 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 and here. You can't move from this position but, while you're lying there. But again, as an avid horror fan and as a fan of horror who doesn't feel like budget needs to be I mean I'm on a, uh, Evil Dead. Let's talk about Sam Raimi for a second. He made that film on what, like thirty-five cents? I don't know if that's accurate, it's probably not. But he made that film on nothing and he had no budget. And you can do no budget and still be kind of atmospheric and effective, and, I mean, genuinely scary. <laughs> this I mean, was but, none of those. But, <laughs> it didn't give us the opportunity to be atmospheric or any of those things because it jumped from scene to scene so quickly. Sorry, not quickly, abruptly. Every scene was long. I, Every scene. You're, you're not wrong. For, for a while, at least, I forgot this was a horror film. I mean, it, it has probably has something to do with the fact that we spent the first 60 minutes of the film singing, and then, like, just about... <laughs> out of nowhere again one of those abrupt scene cuts someone just gets eviscerated I was like oh yeah shit we're watching a horror film that's right that's right there's no actual tension there's no fear there's no I, I hesitate to say there's any comedy because it bills itself as like a, a musical horror comedy and I'm like yeah it has one of those things that's <laughs> <laughs> the music I guess um, but like, I, I kind of want to give it credit for the fact that it somehow manages to feel like like three movies Eight seasons of the best telenovela you've ever seen, <laughs> and a semi-erotic horror musical all at the same time. It, and yet somehow achieves none of them? It's none of those things successfully. No, it is all of them things, and none of those things. All and none. And but like, that's, again, that's where like Snakes on the Train, it is less than the sum of its parts. It has too many things going on, and that has been a common theme, and these mockbusters aren't doing it for me so I feel far. like a common theme is just snakes. I wonder if um, the uh, film three, surprise film three, will have snakes in. Did you pick a movie? This that, does it seem like it's going to have? Well, snakes? now I feel like I should have. To I didn't. Now I feel like I should have to, to round out the trilogy. Um, it's it is mad. It's just so fucking mad. It's it's. I also felt like my car looked a bit like uh, Bollywood Christopher walking. I don't know if that was just me or not. Oh, a little bit. No, but I was actually worried With watching. Face. I turned to you like midway through the film. I was like, well, that's right. So. A little bit of a story time. My first experience watching Nightmare on Elm Street, I was like 14 years old. Um, this was way before Aww. way before the birds, way before me and you even met. Uh, and it was actually my, the first time I ever got sleep paralysis. I used to do this stupid Ooh, fucking thing when I was a teenager. I was like 14 years old. I used to put my headphones in to sleep because um, it used to <laughs> it used to relax me. And I, I still put music on, to be fair. Okay, don't do that at home. That's dangerous. No, I won't. No, no, that, that is a bad taste, birds. Do not try this at home moment. Um, but yeah, I remember falling asleep. I remember waking up about four, three o'clock in the morning, uh, absolutely shitting myself, paralyzed. And then I had a sleep rather stream with Freddy Krueger in it, where he strangled me with my own headphones. Uh, <laughs> I'm only sad he, I wasn't there to witness that. But he like he was also the headphones because of course he was like just in good old Freddy sense. Yeah, because um, unlike Mahakali, he can do that. Because yeah, unlike Mahakali, he's creative and inventive. But this is the thing. So yeah, I remember being strangled by headphones. I remember waking up and this, there was a song that was playing. It was this really creepy instrumental song by a Swedish band called The Sounds and the name of the song was mm, Freddy's good. was it Freddy's Home or something like that it's I good think. night Freddy 
Good Night Freddy, that's the name of the song, yeah. So, um, pretty good song, actually. Pretty, like, probably my creepiest experience. If any paranormal podcasters are listening out there, want them to meet a guest spot and talk about sleep paralysis, hit me the fuck up. <laughs> uh, but I was like, what happens if? What, what happens if I go to sleep tonight and I have the exact same sleep paralysis since I was a teenager? Hmm. Um, and I was like, what happens if this is the trigger? What happens if uh, Bollywood Freddy Krueger comes back for me and this is my end? I don't know if I... I, I feel like that's, that's the way I want to go. What? I am going to round off the final scene, give my last thoughts, because I want to be done with this. Like, I was, it was tedious Whereas for I me. could go for another two and a half hours. No, nah, it was tedious. Like, it, the way they got Mahakal, they went to see a guru, and he was like, ah, yes, he's evil. If you chop up his limbs, he'll be weaker. And then you just beat the shit oh. out of him <laughs> until the evil spirit within him dies. The end is quite... it was quite, disappointing. The, the last, like, 20 minutes or so Tell is, me it wasn't disappointing. Well, no, what... Right, so what happens at the end? I was expecting this full massacre where they chop him limb from limb and smack him about a little bit. But no, Anita's locked in a cage. The boyfriend comes in again to rescue her. He has his feet chopped off by a guillotine and then he just gets crushed under some spikes. And that's it. I was expecting this. We've had so many combat scenes where people are jumping, flipping, kicking, punching. And this is how it ends. It is flat it is disappointing just like this movie and i'm done <laughs> okay fucking hell jesus christ really went in there well the ending for me again it just parallels um it actually kind of ends the same way nightmare five ends with them kind of de- fucking separating him and shoving him off in a different yeah it's, it's a weird fucking thing the whole ending is very dream child for me um however i just kept getting pulled back into it like i nah. feel like regardless of the misogyny regardless <laughs> no. of the wrong it, <laughs> Can you let me finish? You're wrong. <laughs> Can you let me finish? Um, yeah, 10 out of 10. Will. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't remember what I was going to say. I can't remember what I was going to say. 10 out of 10. Right. So I appreciate this on a on a spiritual level. Mm-hmm. I appreciate this on a, this was, it, this was either the most enjoyable film to film. Like, I feel like everyone's either having the best time or it was a total fucking waking nightmare to film. Cause everyone's that kind of manic happy where I'm like, oh, right, everyone God, here yeah, is either, so manic. everyone here is either under the thumb of a tyrant and they're smiling because they're scared. They're going to get hit if they don't fucking smile or they're having the best time ever. And I'm like, I, I, I just, I felt joy coming from it. And whether it was real or it was manufactured joy, hallucinogenic <laughs> joy, but I felt a lot of joy coming from it. And I can't confidently say it's a good film. Cause oh, it's not mate. just go watch YouTube, find the clips with canteen and you will understand. But I think if you're fascinated in this genre, yeah. you're going to get some pleasure out of it. Yep. Like I've, I showed them afterwards clips of American cinema versus Indian, but you've got things like the Terminator there in India, where at least he like has a fuck ton of guns come flying at him, and he just sticks them all together and just blasts the shell of the police. But Ryan, there was that one scene where that guy was in that prison cell and he had about five snakes on him, and that's how he died. That's how he died, boys and girls. Honestly, this could be a sequel to Snakes on a Train, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. There was a lot of snakes, a lot of snakes, a bit of guru. It's terrible. Terrible, terrible film. I'm giving it 5 out of 10. What's your... I think it's relatively interesting. No, I am done, and just tell me your movie, and it better be better than this. Okay, so <laughs> a bit of a tonal shift, I feel like, from the first two. So no snakes? I don't think there's going to be any. There might be... Oh, there might be like, <laughs> If there's a surprise no, snake. There might be a surprise would... snake. I'm only thinking that because there's like religious elements to it, and I'm just thinking there could Ooh. be like... Uh, is like it a Christianity? It might be a Christian film. Oh, why? Well, <laughs> right. 
We're going to take a venture into uh, Faith Films, which is a company that works in association with Asylum, so we're going back to Asylum. Oh. And we are going to ruin your childhood, my friend. How's this one related to Verhoeven? Uh, ooh. <laughs> oh, don't put this challenge on me. Okay, fuck shit. Five um, degrees. Uh, oh, but are we watching a Christian uh, movie? We are watching... Sweeten the Pot. <laughs> we are watching Sunday School Musical. Uh, oh, no. And that's all I'm going to say on the matter. I swear, if this is a two-hour preach fest... It's I not two hours. That's fun. It's 90 minutes. Okay, it's better than mine already. No, <laughs> Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Although I... we can compare apples to apples on music. That's true. We will uh, see you in a few minutes. Turn the turn the podcast off. Put the film on if you're a fucking sadist, and we will see you soon. It's a Sunday school musical, yeah, we're going to Sunday school. We're going to learn about Jesus and other cool stuff. Sunday School Musical, yeah, it's Sunday School Musical. I really wish my parents didn't make me come here, so I'm going to get bullied. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me go settle in. Hold up, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mr. Post. Wait a minute. That's a Bruno Mars song. That's not. Yours is someone else from much long ago, from the way, way before. Chirp. Are you, chirp, doing, are you doing okay? Chirp, chirp. Not gonna lie, there were a couple of what am I doing with my life moments in this one. Wait, as in like, I need to join the monastery or why am I watching this movie? Yeah, this is the thing that finally finally convinced me. This is the conversion moment where I was like, I need to... Find I am a bit concerned you're not talking about why was I watching this movie because you seem to enjoy it a little bit too much I, for my taste. But that's why I'm concerned. That's one of those like, is this what my parents envisioned my future would be? watching Sunday School Musical <laughs> on a Wednesday night. Mandy would be so proud. I, I just feel like, right, yeah, my first thoughts, opening song, was what well, I was trying to process throughout the whole thing pretty much was if I do end up enjoying this, like you sing, because there were a few times where I was like, this isn't, this is <laughs> you better. You kept telling me you were vibing. <laughs> I was like worried that I was like, gonna, am I going to have to move? Am I going to have to, like, am I going to get put on a list if I said that I enjoyed Sunday School Musical? Oh, like, I'm so bad. But there were moments where it was kind of wholesome. The first song was fine. The rest of the movie was exactly, again, why now, I disliked now, now sing, sing the Now, uh, sing the first song for me, Ryan, if it was fine. It exactly. wasn't fine enough to remember. Exactly. I mean, for a little bit, anyway, I was kind of vibing to this movie, but in that most, like, I think this is immeasurably more exciting and more interesting. I don't know if I can use that word. I feel like that's an, like, I don't know if I, I'm waiting to see where this is going. It's better than Snakes on a Train is where it's going. Oh, right. That's yeah, where it's granted. going. Because at least, at the very least, it had one plot. It was your simple save the wreck sender. Right, 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 plot. Let's do plot. While we're here, let's do plot. Let's do plot. I want to do plot. So there are two Sunday school choirs. There's the hip choir with all the raps and the funky Well, it's not even that the hip. It's that the main character apparently is so amazing. They're, they're less lame than the other choir. And then, yeah, so there's the rival team, the boring choir, who need a little bit of extra spice in this They step. don't know how to sing and they're off key. Dude. Because they haven't learned that singing comes from down within. within yet so they're just singing without i guess i don't fucking know uh, <laughs> where did i go wrong with my life uh, basically yeah so there's this um there's this choir competition uh, that they're both competing for um why does that sound like ten, a question your inflection went up have you already forgotten what happened I'm, yeah no, i really literally watched this minutes ago and i'm like right what happened again so yeah choir competition 10 grand in it 
the church of one of the choirs is like really struggling with money, so they could do with that money. The good, the the, the fun hit. Oh hip my choir. god, I've fallen asleep again. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, the first wait, school wait, wait, needs wait, wait, the wait. money for the school. Yeah. Okay, we'll get the to main it. kid transfers over to the yes. rival school because his mum's poor and, and he falls in love auntie. with the girl. The, like the obvious girl. Yeah, and then but then the other old choir gets mad, and then they have to team up together because they're better, they're stronger together. together. And God is good, and I feel like this one might have pushed me too far. Too far. It too was simultaneously far. the most invested I've ever been in a film, and at the same time, the closest I've been to a full mental it breakdown. It shouldn't be. It should have just been the mental <laughs> breakdown. This film, all it was, was elements of Sister Act. Yes, very You've Sister taken Act. High School Musical. Yeah. God. A little bit of showgirls. <laughs> and a little bit of showgirls. He's like dancing on the roof angry and it's just Normie Malone in a rage. What was this what Jack said at last episode in the Macamie episode that everything comes back to Verhoeven? Like, <laughs> it comes back to Verhoeven. Seven degrees of Verhoeven, whatever it is, yeah. It's just, a roundhouse. Literally every time. Yeah, no, so there was, um, it's it's just your very typical Save the Rec sender. Musical. There's very little else to it. When I say a sister act, I mean literally ripped off the fact that yeah. this kid is Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, knows literally. how to sing. He has his choir together, moves to the shitty choir who doesn't have it together, teaches them how to sing in key. Yeah. But now he's gone from his choir, they've all forgotten how to sing. Because he he's the spark. He's the talent. He's the talent. And yeah, so literally, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Genuine positives. Let's start there. No, there are I none. Have the old, the old ripped off High School Musical at directly. The very least, in the song. At the very least, they all they're all quite good singers. Like the, the, the actually the, the Asylum and I don't know Faith Films, or whatever. They don't seem to have a very good handle on the sound guys. Whoever's doing the sound mixing on most of these films, <laughs> I need to go back to the fucking film school. Whatever. Even during this, there's this ominous hum throughout the entire film, as if someone left a fan on. Yeah, it's kind of like crackling, like yeah. fires of hell coming for them. But the actual singing isn't the worst thing I've ever. In fact, it's probably on par with the singing in High it's School Musical. No, it was. Fine. It wasn't as good as High School Musical. The main character was comparable to High School Musical, but the rest, even the the main female lead, she wasn't as good. It's just yeah. There's very little in the way of actual talent here. The songs weren't catchy. It's, do you remember that phase? I don't know if you all remember this, but there was a phase where like really rich white kids, specifically, were like paying their parents to take them to those audio booths in like it was. I think it was in America, and they were getting like. Oh, new, did that kick it, off? It, it was the Rebecca Black. No, no, no. It was the Rebecca Black like theory, oh, you know, the she, she basically paid for that music video. That's how it kind of felt. It was like this is just some rich white kids who were paying some audio booth to record a music video for them a lot of the time. And yeah, in that sense, it's no better really than a student film. It's still got that super low budget feel to it. A lot of like, well, there's a lot of meandering shots that those extended sequences that Snakes on a Train had, where it's like this scene has gone on for far too long. I don't need to see this character do their entire fucking homework. Oh my god, or an entire sermon, or an, yeah, no, 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 literally, well, uh, like ten minutes before the end of the film, we stop the movie for a full sermon, and I'm like. Right, okay. I think if I'm watching this already, I'm either doing it for a bad movie podcast like this, or I'm already I've already bought into the concept of God. <laughs> I don't need a sermon unless that's what they want, which in which case, yeah, fair enough. I mean, is that what Christian kids want to see? Full on sermons? Right they get in. that in Sunday school anyway. Right in Christian kids if you want sermons in your musical films. But it's like it's like going to st- watching a movie about school and haven't listened to the entire no lecture. School. Yeah, but literally most kids like, don't want to listen to that. At least this film had one plot. That's the be- another compliment I can give it. It, 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 <laughs> it did, yeah. It didn't have eight, and like snakes on a train did, and it didn't like convolute itself 
to the point of being intolerably confusing like Snakes on a Train was. At least no, this was, was like, at least where you could follow this movie. Kind of. I mean, it's for me, it was kind of weird that it was all good vibes and sensations. It was like... <laughs> there should have been a little bit of animosity. There was, the, there was the bad guy, Miles, who looked like the gay religious version of Will from The Inbetweeners. Literally looked like Will from The Inbetweeners. He was a briefcase wanker as well. Literally. Like, in school, he was a briefcase wanker. In choir, he's a briefcase wanker. My, uh, my favorite. And he gets all for himself. He delivers my favorite line in the entire film and I don't know if you remember it but it's uh, when Tra- Troy sorry is it Troy the new guy that's High School Musical no what's this guy called he, I'm sure he has the same name I'm sure unmemorable no right <laughs> so when the new guy Zach transfers to his school and this guy oh, Zac uh, Efron this, Troy, yeah, 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 yeah. Confused. this guy Miles literally turns to me walks in the classroom and turns to him and goes what in the GGG are you doing in my class? And he's like, <laughs> understandably confused. And he looks to another guy, he's like, GGG? God's Green Garden. I now want to use GGG in every single G-G-G. conversation I've ever had with anyone. But my, the, and that, the thing is, at least this has scenes where I'm like, that was funny. That was, I was physically funny. rolling That wasn't the laughing. word I was thinking for no, that. No, I was laughing. I was having a great time because there was that and there was the harmonica scene in one of the big dance numbers in the middle. Oh, fuck Where they yeah. like stop the well, music, like break it down and it's just harmonica. Uh, no good harmonica either. You can hear him blowing out and then going. Some of these songs fucking slap. This is the direct ripoff from High School Musical. Stick to the status quo. Yes. He's telling everybody, find your own thing, do your own shit, and you'll be yeah. a good singer. And this girl gets up with two sticks, and it's a big moment. It's like, yeah, unleash your inner beast. And it's the most pitiful little, like, she, she she very slowly hits it with a with another piece of wood. But then there's that really weird because that, that same girl she like there's like this character arc with her where she doesn't speak throughout the entire movie and she's kind of oh man she glows up. She's the quote unquote quiet one. And then yeah, like ten minutes before the end, out of fucking nowhere, like she's not had any development. They, I mean, um, she's a smart girl. As yeah, well. she's all that, sir. Or what, is, that, is that the right? Yeah, she's all that. Right? <laughs> she's all that. So it's like she walks into the thing. She's like, oh, they won't let us perform because we formed two choirs into one. But I'm smart and I have an argument that will sway them basically it's God is good God is let good. us sing hallelujah works I mean I don't know I don't care what you say you clearly have a much lower opinion of this much film than me much lower clearly um, because at the very least I was remotely entertained whereas I was completely repulsed by Snakes on a, on a Train um, yeah Snakes on a Train is hard to compare it to but like this was pretty repulsive but at one. the same time I actually I could see someone having fun with this I could see if you were that kid or if your parents are super religious and not into kind of like they don't want to show Harry Potter, I wouldn't. I don't. I want to hesitate to say I wouldn't. I wouldn't vomit watching this as but a child. High School Musical is Disney and pretty Christian friendly in that regard. There's no like full on like let's have sex or let's party Speaking and drink. Of which, you it's were all completely very wrong about the abstinence thing. No abstinence. Oh, I am happy to report it wasn't very preachy. Yeah. It was very much Apart standard. Like God is good. Let's all work together. The sermon was directly preaching, but it wasn't like preachy. Preachy. I liked it. I think this is probably my favorite Asylum movie. Because and hear no. me out, hear me out. Wrong. This one Wrong. feels like at least it has the its heart in the right place. It clearly is someone who's Satan like Satan is speaking through him. <laughs> no, I I think this is like there's a it's level a lie. Of, there's a level of wholesomeness and there's a level of earnestness to this that I actually kind of appreciate. This it's is, not it's wholesome, yes, but it's literally a film company saying how can we cash in on the Christian market. Let's just pick a popular movie. And I think there are worse movies that do that. I think there are like, I think you could do worse. 
somehow than Sunday School Musical. I don't know. This is why I don't like Mockbusters. This run has shown me again why I don't like Mockbusters and High School Musical. I think you're just Sunday doing this shit. Is I think you're doing this deliberately so you win because like obviously of course we, I'm going to win. I just feel like Mahakal was such a high standard, and you've just made it impossible for me to live up to this high standard. Of course, and I just want to win. I always want to win. You can't. This was bad. It was an interesting choice, but uh, it was. But I'm final thoughts on this bitch and I'm giving it a four out of ten because there's someone out there who will love it and I'm okay with that. Okay, I will give it a holy cross on the choir scale. I give it a you're wrong and you should leave. I feel like that was complimentary, if anything. So know. if you did agreeing with my past assessment. Past assessment. I'm going to go to bed now and cry myself to sleep. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pray for salvation pray that I forget I watch this film pray for my time back and pray that the Christian community has better movies out there than this because if this is all they have sorry guys if this is all you have well done this is a a, 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 a masterpiece if I've ever seen one I'm here for it okay clear dichotomy go make your own minds up and don't get back to me I don't want to know anything <laughs> about Mockbusters do not email again. Bad Days Buds do not DM us we've now finally completed the trifecta of Mockbuster Cinema what a long week this has what been a, what, this has been a test for our relationship I feel like and you've you, you passed so well done I passed I'm about ready to drop you <laughs> well you can't one more bad movie Liam Oh, but that's our entire, that's our entire relationship. Done. No more if, mockbusters. I equally hate all three of these movies. Such can, a grouch. <laughs> just mockbusters. And, there's exceptional mockbusters. There's exceptional Bollywood you films. You like Birdemic. There's exception. Yeah. Birdemic and Mac and Me are the two acceptable mockbusters. The two exceptions to the rule. Two ex- they prove the rule. They prove the rule. The Will rest you? of them are just pretty flat for me. And there's another one for- I really like that we're going to actually cover on a main episode. I don't Which one? Ruin it. Um, well, it's it's kind of for you. I think you've seen it, actually. Um, but it's a little bit for Jack because it's uh, the, the, the joke of the community uh, Portuguese guy, gremlins. Oh. We're going to do um, Hobgoblins, Hobgoblins, which is one of my absolute favourite bad work, best worst movies. It's fucking hilarious. Okay, um, it's MS- been a long time since I've seen Hobgoblins. Mystery so Science Theatre do a great it. episode on Hobgoblins um, and that's kind of where I discovered it. So there are there are good mockbusters out there, but it's tend not ones. to be from the... I just think the problem is the Asylum. I think yeah. the Asylum just doesn't do it for me at all. They just want the money, Asylum. Yeah, fuck you, Asylum. Which of the three, right? Which of the three have you had to pick? No, one? in general, I'm going to break down. <laughs> you just said no. no. He was like, no, sorry. So the first one, the problem is there's too many plots. They're each five minutes. The dialogue makes very little sense. There's very little going on of interest and no snakes. So that one, I'm afraid, is struck off. I'd rather watch Give it a score a out of 10, please, for the audience. Three. That's generous. Three, yeah, it's kind of Are two. you fucking serious? Two. I kind of like... The thing is, right, I like... The, I don't know her name, but not the girl who was smuggling drugs, Crystal. Her friend I kind of liked. Okay. That was about that, it. That's enough for an entire extra point, because this is a one out of ten. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, lower. I was trying to be nice because you called me a grouch. The second movie... Mahakal. Again, it was this too is where long. I'm call you a grouch. It had too many plots in again, and they weren't linked. The stuff that came out of nowhere, some of it was funny, like surprise grandpa attack, Super, and yeah. I'm going with the surprise grandpa. But the musicals were too repetitive, and 
I kind of want this, but in a better format. I want the songs to be better and more original. I would watch than, I love you, know. we're in love. Let's dance because we're in love. And then it repeats that same tune over and over and over for every song, more or less. So there's no entertainment factor there. I'm sorry. I know you I'm did angry. like it. I'm fully angry at this. And I, sorry, Sunday School Musical. Let's get that right. We don't want to get sued. The kid was a good singer. Wait, wait, wait. Give Mahakal a score out of 10. We're doing oh, scores. Mahakal. Mahakal, I'll give a five. Right, we are not on the same page. I'm giving Mahakal a five, and I liked it a lot fucking more than you. You've just slated it for about 10 minutes, and you're like, I give it an average score. I give it half. Oh, I give it half because... Your score didn't <laughs> reflect your words at all. Oh my God, these are, right, these are arbitrary ratings that we're making up in our little head, and I can do what I want. If I want to say five, I can say five. Fine. It's a five because I like the concept. I like the idea of a Bollywood Nightmare on Elm Street, but I would have preferred if they did something like Asylum, where it was more of an original concept. At least the other two, high school, Sunday school fucking musical, and the fucking other shitty one that we watched, Snakes on the Train, they both had original concepts. They may have been boring, Stretch. and they may not have been executed well, but I prefer something new See? to something rehashed. Ryan gives it 5 out of 10 and hated it. I give it 5 out of 10 and loved it. Do with that information <laughs> what you will. No idea. Uh, um, Are you doing Because so? you, you're just you're going one. off. You're going off final now. One. Sunday School Musical. The kid was a good singer, main character. Again, yeah. the songs were pretty dull. Yeah. The choreography was lacklustre. Yeah. Like, even when, like, oh, this is this girl's big moment to, like, show off her stuff and bang these fucking sticks. This is going to be our longest She barely touched them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was... It was pretty flat. It was just, oh, we have barely an issue. You've moved schools. I'm falling out with you because of it. Oh, you've left the choir. You're now a traitor. Oh, we have to work together. I'm not comfortable with this because we're still not friends. Oh, I just we like need to do um... this to be friends. Oh, let's do this. Oh, we can't win the money. Oh, okay, we won okay. the money. Are you giving, oh, you're giving, oh, you're giving oh. me a headache. Like every film we've watched this week. Honestly, I feel a bit deranged. Like You sound a bit deranged. I'm pretty calm, actually. I think I had a quite a nice... <sighs> experience no. this week. I, a, Honestly, Sunday School Musical out of 10, was you say six or something. <laughs> it was a palate cleanser after the other two. It was a lot lighter in tone. It was a lot more understandable. Swear to God, if you give us a six easy out of 10, to watch. Like I'm going to nut you. Because uh, you sound like you liked it more than Mahakal. No, like four... Okay, Ryan hated I know, that I know well, my praise is all over the place. My critique is odd. But it's just, I hated it. Don't get me wrong. It was boring, but it was just so easy after the other two okay. to sit through. I'm going to rattle off mine because Ryan just spent 20 minutes rattling off his. So I mine's feel gonna, good, mine's, I am <laughs> free. Really, I am leaving. I'm done. Guys, let's all I need. Uh, I'm going to rattle. This is going to be a whistle stop to Snakes in a Train. One out of ten. Completely fucking soulless. Zero love when in into that movie. Makahal, 5 out of 10. I felt a lot of soul in a very messy, ugly film. Agree with the 5, but in the wrong way. Uh, um, I can't really justify or defend the misogyny. That's kind of where I kind of feel like it should be lower because of that. But um, at the minute, we're going to go 5. Um, uh, fuck me, I'm doing it as well. A fucking Sunday School Musical. Four out of ten. It's so unmemorable, you can't remember the name. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was like elements of wholesomeness and kind of a little bit of joy in there. And again, I don't think the music was that bad. I feel like there were some interesting-ish moments ish. musically. And they were moments. They weren't consistent. No. 
Like literally, High School Musical is a better Christian movie than that Christian movie. There was no. I don't feel like I. The there thing was is, very little thematic difference in terms of like. But at the same time, I also don't think it's a much better film. I know that's my own blasphemy. But I don't feel like High School Musical is that much of a better film. It's pretty much the same fucking nah, film with I know, no budget. I that, know I said that I used to like it when I was a kid, but honestly, if you put on a High School Musical song, I will probably still sing. You're a fucking idiot. For uh, these, uh, yeah, good. I really in- this, this entire thing has been a flop for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you'll enjoy next week's movie more. Which oh shit, it's Godzilla, isn't it? Fuck. Well, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> There's always you win some, you lose a lot. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's that's it for our mockbuster marathon. Are, are we, we are finally free. Never been happier. We are we are free now. Back to I, the terrible, terrible movies that I we all like know just, and love. I feel like I just vomited up several snakes. Um, I feel like I'm purging. No. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, we have gone through hell and back to make you guys laugh. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you didn't, don't tell me because I'll cry. Um, yeah, find <laughs> us next week where we are covering Roland Emmerich's Godzilla, the 1998 Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, piece of shit, but let's do it. It's been a while shit. since I've seen it. In this, all it's not even enjoyable from what I remember. From what I remember, but we'll, we'll find out. And then um, after that, we're doing our Godzilla history. And then we are doing a surprise movie. Um, we are currently running a poll on the Instagram for you guys to pick which movie we are covering for episode 13. Please do check it out. And yeah. I swear, you better pick an entertainment They're all one. good. No, I don't know if you've seen the Insta, but they're all good. They're like classics. I think we're going to end up doing either Super Mario Bros. or... Uh, oh, fuck, Duck. I've seen Super Mario Bros. Amazing. What's amazing. the other one? How the Duck is... Uh, what, this oh, is what it's I'm, doing right, well. We're still in round one, but this is what I'm guessing that the two outcomes ah, are going to be. of course. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Do check it out. Check us out at Bad Taste Buds on any way you get your podcasts and check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Bad Taste Buds Pod and Bad Taste Buds Podcast on Facebook. Thank you again for joining us for this Hellfest and we will see you later. Later.